Ooh, ah, rage boiling, anger mounting, because today I'm so furious we're covering Mystery Man! Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's guilty movie pleasure. Oh, I'm worried about you, man. Who did I get that vein? You're like bright red. I get a super veiny forehead I when I get angry. I see a vein like over no, here. No, usually it's like right here. No, not today. Not today. Not today. I can you turn red real quick. You did it just now. You showed us all. Yeah, yeah, that's my superpower. <laughs> it's just turning beet red. Better or worse power than becoming furious. And not really doing anything. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, everybody. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Guilty Movie Pleasures. If this is your first time watching us, thanks for checking it out. We hope you stick around for the whole 45 minutes and don't troll us. And if you do troll us, whatever. And if, yeah! And if this is your 148th time watching us, thanks for coming back. I'm Ben Begley, your host, and with me as always is... Jesse McIntosh. Yes, yes, the king of cool over there. <laughs> Channing Tatum's doppelganger himself. Man, it's Jesse McIntosh. <laughs> Great with the sound. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. So today, let's just get right into it. We're, we're covering uh, Mystery Men. Uh, before I say, because I always go first, I'm going to let you go first, Jesse. Oh, interesting. I'm going to try. You, you, <laughs> I didn't even tell you I was going to no, do this. No, you didn't. No, so I'm just, uh-huh. this is what we call throwing my uh, co host under the bus. Uh, you'd never That's where I live, man. You'd... I live under the bus. <laughs> I thrive down here, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. That's two. <laughs> two for Jesse so far. All right, damn it. I got to catch up. So, A, did you know anything about this? Mm. I know you haven't seen it. I hadn't seen it. Did you know anything about it? I knew a little bit about it. I feel like I remember seeing the trailer for mm-hmm. it, and I knew it was like in the Ben Stiller sweet spot. Mm-hmm. I feel like Ben Stiller was like the Zoolander was like, yeah, 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 like a big deal. Uh, meet the parents, yep. et cetera. Yeah. Um, and that was more or less what I knew about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew that it was um, it. It was like a ragtag group. So I had like I, I had like pieces of it, nothing yeah. instrumental. Um, did you know but I knew little pieces a, of it. the side characters of a real comic. book. I did not know that. No, apparently there's this this like comedy comic book called The Flaming Carrot. Okay. And the mystery men are like a sub superhero group of that world. And they never made the flaming carrot. Uh, Captain Amazing is a made-up character to replace the flaming carrot. Oh, okay. I thought that that would be. I, I read some stuff yeah. before today's show. Interesting. I, I, you know, I got some other tidbits on my phone. I can't remember right now. Can I? I'll can I tell up. you why I didn't read anything yeah. before this show? Because yeah. it is too dark under the bus. And I need light. I don't want to strain my eyes. So having known nothing really, except it was in Ben Stiller's sweet spot. Yeah. uh, What were your expectations versus what you got out of it? It was pretty much what I expected. Yeah. Um, It was, it was uh, like a mix of slapstick. And I think, yeah, Ben Stiller, I think does an underrated job of like very sincere and small comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that uh, era, in that time, he he tended to do more of like the big stuff. Yeah. Um but I really love Ben Stiller's like small uh more focused more like personal comedy. Um and he looked like it was mixed in this mm-hmm. movie. Like there was a lot of like big giant like yep. type things. Um but I think what really worked and I think what really like drove the movie was like 
the small like when he fumbles over words or when he uh, I don't know that's like the I have one of those clips. the biggest example that I but there, there are like a bunch of moments where he's he's just like a person yeah and he's just like a fool and those are like those are very effective and very funny one of my favorite jokes just to it's even though it is a little it's physical humor per se, it's a sight gag but mm-hmm. to me it's a subtle one it's when he has the bloody tissue in his nose yeah. and he laughs and it flings and goes into the donation coin slot yeah i mean yes it hitting that exactly is absurd but it makes me laugh every time i've seen it because it's such a human moment to be like to look like an idiot in front of a girl you're flirting with. Right. And, and it, it fits his character. Uh, but also, I, I read on IMDb, they were saying that Hank Azaria said in an interview that the three main, a lot of the cast w- argued constantly during the movie about the tone of the comedy. Yeah, you could feel that, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was, all there the was a battle of wills yeah. going on. Yeah. Like, I'd say Hank Azaria is the most over the top. Yes. And then Ben Stiller somewhere in the middle, and then William H Macy is very dry. Is just like a regular human, regular being. dude. Yeah. yeah. And then Jeffrey Rush is basically one step closer to being the pirate in uh, uh, in, in <laughs> right. Pirates of the Caribbean, Blackbeard or whoever he played. I can't remember. Yes. Those movies are all a blur to me now. Barbosa, thank you, is. thank you. The, again, Ryan sounds so much more intimidating on the microphone. It's like Barbosa, yeah, producer Ryan in the booth. Listen, producer Ryan's in the booth. All right, it's because he fights people in the booth. He does. He, he has. Just, he just has constant fist is. fights in he's there. He's arm wrestling the entire yeah. time. So the whole time he's flexing and he's arm wrestling, just answering questions. Top. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so what you what you, you enjoyed it, even though it's a mixed bag. Or what I thought, your, yeah, your... I thought there were some funny moments. I I don't think I ever like laughed out loud necessarily, but there were definitely like a few moments sprinkled in where I was like, that was, that was better than the other moments. Um, and, uh, I think generally as a framework, it's a fun thing to play with. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know it. Like the problem for me was something that I've already articulated was that Ben Stiller's power is not a power. Like I didn't understand really Hank Azaria at least like can throw things, um, and I guess William H. Macy is proficient with shovel use. Which you can tell he learned like one sweet move and yeah. just does it. Oh, it's like this. At least they have weapons and they yeah. like do stuff. But Ben Stiller, who is and the main guy, doesn't Jimmy seem Garoppolo to have anything. has a supernatural bowling ball with her father's sc- So there's like all kinds of tonal shifts that happen in this right. movie where I don't know if this movie is existing in a supernatural world or a grounded one, it starts off in a grounded world. Oh, and we one, haven't and even mentioned bonkers. we haven't even mentioned Paul Rubens, who is like Just mean. Oh, brutal. Hey guys, listen. All right. It was so brutal. See, I thought it was fun. I thought it was awful. I like <laughs> wanted to was... eliminate his entire presence from the movie from my memory. Gosh, why are you always oh, so awful. Out? And then his power is flatulence, it's which so is dumb. just like it's so so, dumb. so uh just like adolescent. This, this is this movie to me is kind of a quintessential example of where comedy was in the early '90s, and somehow this continued on to '99 when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Like the idea that fart jokes are still hilarious, and that you know, like um, uh, there's my biggest issue with this movie is it's too long. It's two hours. It was way too long. It's yeah. two hours. If it was ninety minutes. 
I'd be fine with it's it. It's excruciating. They went back to the to the like castle a couple of different times. Yeah. It's like why? Why yeah. why didn't it, we just handle this the first if time? If this was ninety minutes long, it would have been awesome. I actually I loved the first hour when I was watching it, and we were talking a little bit before the show. I think that Ben Stiller and uh, Greg Kinnear hold up this movie for me with the comedy. Hank Azaria is funny, but sometimes he gets a little on my nerves with the the accent and overdoing it. He's still funny, and I love Hank Azaria as an actor, but um, there's moments where I'm just a little, eh. Paul Rubens I thought was pretty funny, even though I think the joke is stupid. <laughs> um, but, uh, and Janine Garofalo has some great dry humor moments, but her, the bowling ball thing is such an out of left field weird thing that comes up. Yeah. That they, until that moment, everything seems grounded. And even all the shitty superheroes that come over are all like realistic people with terrible abilities. It's, and it's... then suddenly she's like, I have my father's skull on a bowling ball and it can, it has a mind of its own and talks to me. And you're like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty hard to know whether these are actual superheroes or whether they're just people who learned a skill. Yeah. And hers and the the guy who, like, cut through the guns, I forget what his name was. Cut through the guns. Yeah, the, like, the, basically, like, the Riddler. The guy oh, who was, oh, like... Oh, the Sphinx. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, How did he do that? They never explain. And then... Don't know. And he never does it again. <laughs> it was just, like, a one-time... I'm I'm gonna help you out right now, and then I'm just gonna try and motivate you with my riddles. Yeah, um, yeah. But like the two of them had supernatural powers, and then Kel Mitchell like couldn't control it. He just became invisible, oh. which meant he lost his clothes. I guess we'll go through all this. Yeah. But like there, there were just so many things where I was like, I don't know what to believe about this world. Yeah. Are these superheroes, or are they just people who like have are vigilantes fighting for justice or like fighting for the limelight really the whole movie comes to a grinding halt for me once greg kinnear dies i could have watched an entire movie of greg kinnear being captain amazing and not getting kidnapped right away and just always stealing the limelight from these heroes like just make it more about them battling uh the guy who's the superstar you know sure um because he's so... I think Greg Kinnear is hilarious. He's great, movie. yeah. And the concept of a superhero having, like, a NASCAR sponsorship amount of shit all over him <laughs> yeah. is hilarious to me. Like, when he finds out he's losing his Pepsi endorsement. So that's why, like, the first hour, I think, is really funny. And there's moments in the second hour I really like. But even when they kill Greg Kinnear in it on accident with the psycho transmact factor or whatever it's called, I don't even know. Sure. Um, when they When they kill him with that... It's super funny at first because you're like, oh my god, they just killed the main superhero. Yeah. But then they don't even react to it, really. They just kind of move on. And they're like, well, you did kill... I didn't kill him. I flipped the wrong switch. You know, that's a pretty good... That was not bad. I am the Blue Raja, all right? And if you know your history, you'd know that this is right. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I had a smile on my face for most of the movie to like the 90-minute mark when I was like, oh my god, this should be over by now. But all in all, I remember liking it more when I saw it. But uh, uh, when it came out, yeah. But uh, there was some nostalgia to be had. But it did make me remember, like, oh yeah, there's some really stupid jokes back in the '90s. Yeah. The what? So it, I just remembered my favorite part of the movie, which I don't know if you have the clip for it. But yeah. when he, when Ben Stiller goes back to apologize to like the group in the field, and William yeah. H Macy comes and meets him, and they have that interaction about his like calendar or whatever, and he's like, um, hey, I. Have you seen my calendar? 
was like, what does it look like? He's like, uh, it's denim. <laughs> See, that kind that, of stuff's hilarious. That is so, that whole interaction yeah. was so small and like yep. a real interaction. That was so funny to me. Yeah. Um, and they're like, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Oh, that's okay. I gave it to you just now. And then, but then when he's like on top of the car being like, I'm furious and like bang on the car, I was like, all right. Like, See, I like when is... he's trying to pick off the hood ornament. <laughs> he's like, yeah. he's the worst. Yeah. Uh, I think that they, what you could say is they've already made a better version of this with kick ass sure. and yes. kick ass too. Like, this to me is kind of like a '90s goofy version of what then became. But this is what I'm talking about. Isn't Kick Ass? Isn't he? Doesn't he not have superpowers? No, he's, he's just, just a, like a dude, right? He's just a dude with clubs. Yeah. So I think I wish that they had just like decided. And they, it seems like they're trying to say that these are superheroes, but our three main guys do not have superpowers. No, uh, it doesn't and then, seem. What else kind of threw me off is once we get into the weapons, the weapons are so ridiculous yeah. that I'm like, what the, f- what? Yeah. I wish they would have just kept it grounded, but there's still a lot of fun to be had. So let's get into this let's with the plot it. in under three minutes. Are you ready in the booth there, Ryan? I am all set, you guys. <laughs> all right. Okay. When I, count us down. I'll count you down. Five, four, three, two, one. So we start off with the world's craziest old folks party, where it's just like bonkers. And you know a lot of them are banging after this with that Viagra. Am I right? No doubt. Weird little side note there. Anyway, so these guys with red eyes come in, and it starts looking like a Joel Schumacher Batman movie mixed with, like, Terry Gilliam. They're all robbing everybody, and then the mystery men come in. We got the shoveler, we got Mr. Furious, and we got the Blue Rasha. And they do a terrible job. And then Captain Amazing comes and saves the day. He's being interviewed. Nobody pays attention to them. Uh, and then he finds out he's lost his Pepsi sponsorship, that there's no more supervillains anymore. And then they go to uh, uh, Casanova Frankenstein. And he's on his 17th parole hearing. And they end up... Uh, Ca- Captain Amazing's Jack London comes, I think is his name, mm. and says... Or London something. And says, hey, uh, he's clear from Captain Amazing said so. And he frees him just so he can have a nemesis. And then he blows up the asylum. Uh, he blows up the asylum. Uh, and then... Uh... Yeah, Captain Amazing comes yeah. and he like uh, he traps him with the chloroform thing. Yeah, um, and then he gets him underground. He says tomorrow at midnight, and but which turns into like five days later. It I sure, think. seems like it. Yeah, uh, and then so uh, Ben Stiller like follows him there mm-hmm. and like figures out what's going on. So he goes back and he's like, we gotta we gotta like stop this. And then uh, their main their main plan is to roll up next to them and start attacking the car. Yep, uh, and then they like. They they need to recruit more super. No, no, that's after they recruit more superheroes. So they're like, we got to get more superheroes on our team. It's not uh, the three of us aren't enough because they go there to try and stop them. And they get their asses handed. Oh, to by them. the disco guys. By the disco yeah. guys. Uh-huh. And so then they go recruit more superheroes. They got the waffler. Dane Cook shows up. Mm-hmm. Pencil head. A few other people. And then Janine Garofalo shows up with her uh, bowling. Her dad's head in a bowling ball, and it's supernatural. Oh, but they've also before this they've gone to Kel Mitchell and they've yeah. gotten him, even though he doesn't seem to have any superpowers. Yeah. And then Paul Rubin shows up at the diner, okay. and he's like. Yeah. I I want to be in on this and they're like you're not in on this but he's in on it yep and then the five of them are somehow the decision-making body <laughs> yeah uh but janine graffalo shows up way late and they decide to let her in yep uh and then they then the car thing and then the car thing happens yep. where they basically just attack the car and drive off yep. and apparently their car is bulletproof somehow because sure. they unload on it the two disco guys uh they go back and regroup they they're having a moment of doubt they meet the sphinx the sphinx starts training them ben Stiller gets pissed off doesn't want to do this this group think exercise anymore more uh he comes uh then they all get um well he goes back to the restaurant and the yeah. uh waitress is yeah. like you got to go back to your friends like be you and yeah. he's like okay so he goes I'm back and nobody like, yeah and then they they go to uh 
um, uh, Tom Waits to get all these weird weapons that make no sense, and then they go storm the castle and or the mansion, whatever it is, and they have like a, a gun that makes people blame each other. They have a gun that um, shrinks your clothing, and then they they uh, they attack and blah blah blah. They're all fighting, and then the dad's head blasts everything, and then they throw Casanova into the thing, and he gets transmorphosized or whatever, and then they're heroes again after they killed Greg Kinnear, which I think we said in there. And hey, hey, it we must win. have been in there, right? We win. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been in there, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Each I love that each weapon, it seems like, can only be used once. Apparently. Yeah. And it also seems like... Um, it also... Like, that's where it lost me. With the weapons aren't funny. Like, I, I wanted to be like... Because so much of the first hour to me is hilarious. But then when the weapons come, it's, it's like shrinking your clothes and, like, blaming each other. Like... And when they're like introducing all the rival guests, let's start in the beginning because I'm gonna get that's carried a, away. That's a great place. You know, to start. it's a great place to start. Yeah, this old folks party is hilarious in the beginning. It's I hope very I'm that bizarre. I hope I'm that awesome at, at when I'm an old person. Which one are you talking about? All of them. Okay, they're not all, the weapons guy who's just like no, trying not, to not the weird weapons <laughs> okay. guy. Which you know, in that scene, I read that Tom Waits is doing all these weird hand gestures in it, uh-huh. and if you look on his hand, all of his lines are written on there because he couldn't remember them because it's gibberish. Huh. And so he kept like going like, man, and if you look, he he looks at his hand a bunch. It's interesting. Uh, it was interesting to me. Um, this old for, this old folks party, it's like eyes wide shut minus the naked people and uh, just a whole lot of weird stuff going on. Yeah. Weird stuff. Sure. And then, like I said, this director, it seems like he was borrowing from Joel Schumacher's Batman and a little bit of Terry Gilliam because some of the angles do that like extreme weird kind of close-up low angle that Terry Gilliam always does. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I do know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of that style, which I was digging the style of it at first. And uh, then the mystery men come in and try and try is the operative word to save the day because clip number one has Ben Stiller getting angry. Can we play clip number one? People who don't close their mouths when they chew make me furious. And, of course, he falls in the ground. Now, here's the thing. None of the robbers that he's about to attack are eating. No. So, feasibly, that statement means he's going to attack all the old people. Well, I think he's just manufacturing this right okay. now. Okay. He's, like, yeah. trying to build up yeah. some sort of energy to fight these low-level criminals. Yeah, just arbitrary reasons to get mad. You know, things that... Uh, one of my closest buddies, uh, whenever he would... Whenever I'd eat cereal around him... Uh-huh. Which was all the time. Well, right? like, you know, you have sleepovers when you're kids, yeah. and you play video games all night, and then you wake up and you eat, uh, like, Lucky Charms. He would eat his cereal, and, like, a little bit of milk would always... And he'd go, like, and, like, go, and, like, drip, and then he'd go... Like a little and it, spittle? It would, it would drive me insane. It yeah. would, like, I just... I Even as, like, a seven-year-old kid, I just like that, stop, stop. You know, I get furious about it. Sure. See there, I get so furious from the little milk spittle. I'm just like, just do you have a hole in your bottom lip? What's happening what there? What if he did? You're right. And your bottom lip hole shaming. You're right. Your good friend who relies that's, that's on you for emotional support. Name. Yeah. My goodness. You would also. <laughs> you would also think that just like criminal activity would make him furious. Yeah. As a do-gooding superhero, yeah. people robbing from old people, just trying to have a crazy, kinky, weird party, yeah. make me furious. Yeah, that would make me furious. I don't. I wouldn't have to like move to open mouth chewing. Yeah, you know what else? Uh, another thing I read: the director has been quoted to say that um, halfway through the filming of this movie, he said he's 
going to go back to directing commercials because he doesn't want to have to deal with his nonsense anymore. I feel like you feel a lot of that. Yeah. You feel a lot of disparate tones and opinions happening yes. during this movie. Yes. And sometimes it gels, and most of the time it doesn't. Uh, I already said Nat- Captain Amazing comes in, whoops everybody's ass. Um, the shoveler accidentally hits... Ben Stiller, Mr. Furious in the face. Uh, the Blue Rasha, he, he is very good with his forks. I mean, they come out with speed. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, except he accidentally has a spoon in the first scene. Right. I don't know why. So our first intro to him, he's already messing up and having a spoon in, it, in yeah. there. Like, why is like, that even in Why even bring a spoon? Yeah. You I mean, only have forks. And he always brings his own silverware to dining hall, to diners, because he doesn't trust they've washed them properly. I mean... I guess, but now he's now they're sticking people. Yeah. And I wouldn't use a fork after does it he, pierced someone's skin. Here's the other thing. Does he get them back, or does he just have a limitless supply of... He must get them back. I don't think so. Maybe he just goes to, like, antique place, or, like, just, like, garage sales and buys forks. Because how's he going to go around pulling forks out of, like, bad dudes' asses and stuff? Well, he they don't get a lot of work, these guys. You're right. I don't know how much, how much he's actually pulling yeah. out. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> He's <Yeah>. intentionally phrased. <laughs> Anyways, so um, then the cops are making fun of the mystery man, and, and Captain Amazing's getting all the attention. And uh, there's this grit. This is one of those moments where Ben Stiller shines for me, where he's kind of more understated yeah. and trying to to be cool and trying to tell off these police. In clip number two, dream on. I will keep dreaming. I will keep dreaming, my friend. And when I wake up, you better hope. I hope you're asleep. <laughs> Sweet dreams. Lilac. <laughs> That's excellent. See, I love that kind of stuff because it's it seems vulnerable. It's not like super over the top. It's like, man, I'm just trying to be cool right now because I'm I'm trying to help people, and you're yeah. really embarrassing me in front of my friends. Yeah. My favorite is Sweet Dreams. Drive a truck through the pause. <laughs> Sweet dreams. Lilac. You hear, like, dialogue in the background between it. <laughs> I said that, you know, I said a similar thing to a florist once. Did you? When I was asking um, if there's any kind of flowers that can help with sleep. And he, he said to just sprinkle some lilac petals on my pillow. And I did and woke up the next morning and I said, Sweet dreams, <laughs> lilac. <laughs> That's all right. We'll get it next time. Lilac. <laughs> There it is. There it is. There we go. My favorite part about this whole sequence um, is that the cops are just so belittling. Yeah. Of these, and it's like, Oof. where the hell were you? Yeah. Cops? Come on. Like, you're just protecting the exterior? What's going on with you guys? I mean, yeah. What a bunch of jerks. Like, no one even tried. They the didn't. only people that tried were Ben Siller and his motley crew. You know, it's because uh, it's like that... that thing that happens where superheroes they rely on the superheroes then after a while they but then why lazy. but why like why be that way towards them then you know what i mean like yeah you don't have to be antagonistic they're doing your work are they i mean they're trying <laughs> they're trying yeah they're trying harder than you are yeah there I know you that go. i'll give you that i'll give yeah. you that um, so then we find out that, uh, like I said, the Pepsi endorsement, I don't know why I keep mentioning Pepsi, you'd think they were endorsing us. Uh, no, we are endorsed by Uptime. Uptime! I drank an entire <laughs> Uptime. If I, uh, if I start talking even more, uh, caffeinated, it's, it's all natural caffeine, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, anyways, I'm getting so angry on caffeine. Uh, there we go. Nice. What is the, happening? I have no idea. 
Um, there was a lot that just happened that I don't understand. Kind of like parts of this movie. That's what I was doing. Oh. I was doing a performance art version what of a the fun tie second in. act of this movie <laughs> as a commercial for Uptime. Got it. Okay. Got it. Yeah. All right. It all. Now that I understand it, it checks out. You know, I did what the X Men franchise did, which is where I just kind of like make up how it all fits in afterwards. Oh, okay. That I don't understand that reference. Oh. I haven't seen Dark Phoenix. <laughs> It was fine. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, there's a supervillain list that I really love between Ricky Jay, the late great magician Ricky Jay, and uh, and Captain Amazing. And some of these names are f- super fantastic. Can we play clip number three? You want big news? You have to have big fights. A superhero needs a supervillain, and thanks to you, we've got none left. Then get the Death Man. Death Man is dead. Okay. <laughs> Father Doom. Life without parole. Apocalypto's doing 50 years, Armageddon's in exile, Baron Von Chaos got the chair. Really? Casanova Frankenstein is locked up in a nuthouse. Casanova Frankenstein. Now there was a supervillain. <laughs> Argesmo. Ar- what was it? I don't know. Argesmo? Ar- 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 I don't know. They're all such bizarre. in exile, Baron Von Chaos. Argesmo. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I loved uh, the first one was Death, Death Man. Death Man. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and another another bit of trivia was that they uh, they picked Captain uh, or Casanova Frankenstein. They're, they're the the producers or the director and everybody are pretty sure that they just picked it because they like the name. That's a good name. Like they didn't really. Uh, there's all kinds of weird things in there. There's. Which we'll get to the party, because apparently there's a lot more characters in there than we actually meet when they're auditioning yeah. people. Um, but did you know that the three main characters in this are based on the three old men of DC's Justice Society of America? The Shoveler is the original Flash, Jay Garrick. Blue Raja is the original Green Lantern, Alan Scott. And Mr. Furious is Wildcat, Ted Grant. Yeah, of course I knew that. Of course you did. Yeah. Anyways, a little trivia for you today. Uh, yeah, Ca- Casanova Frankenstein. That's a good name. It is a good name. Uh, I, I wish he did more than just have giant long cocaine fingernails. Right. Yes. I, I wish. <laughs> I, I wish a lot of things about him. Actually, I wish that like, we. Why doesn't he like shoot them out or something? I don't know what his abilities. are. I don't are. know what his abilities are. I don't know what his uh, goal is necessarily. I guess. I guess just he's just going to destroy destroy the city. Whenever people want to destroy things in these, I know this is a comedy, but whenever like. Any superhero movie ever has like a I'm going to destroy the world motive or yeah. I'm going to destroy the city. What fun is that? Because then what do you do once everything's gone? You don't have any more money. You don't have any more people to steal from, to lord over, to, right. to make uh, work for you, whatever. Right. Um, yeah. Like mind control would make more sense. Yeah. And then he like the first thing he does is blows up the insane asylum, which apparently is like. A castle, like in the middle of it's, it's like Al- it's like an Alcatraz is like a castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and like nobody is investigating this. Everyone's just like, well, they were crazy. I don't know what to <laughs> yeah, tell you. Again, where are the cops? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. That's a great because like the only person who's onto him <laughs> is Ben Stiller after Captain Captain Amazing. Yeah. yeah. What? Uh, yeah, and make any a- sense. everyone else is just like, well, we live in a world where there's very little crime. Um, and uh, just an enormous crime happened. And, but I guess maybe uh, in their mind, they're like, I don't know. Eh, good riddance. Yeah. It's like if a Arkham blew up, they'd be like, eh. 
I guess so. But there are still like people who work there that I guess you'd be You're concerned right. about, right? Like there are innocents running like, around. Like, also, like all life is valuable, right? Like yeah. they presumably are trying to rehabilitate people in some this place. Some of them for sure so, are worth it. Yeah, yeah let's uh, let's have some concern for yeah. the human condition here. Yeah, not all of them are like like complete maniac mass murderers, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I also wonder, like, what the cycle is for his parole hearings, if he's been in there 20 years and they he's had 17 paroles, yeah. parole hearings. What is the cycle? Yeah, I don't know. But Once every year and one month? I, maybe. I don't maybe, know, man. Maybe they waited three years before they gave him his yeah, first one. I think that's what it was. His crimes were too bad in the beginning. So I love this moment, though, when Captain Amazing comes in and reads um, his grocery list yes. and, and yeah. does this eloquent letter saying why Casanova Frankenstein. Again, Greg Kinnear kills it in this movie. But me. also, like, he's hilarious. The, I, again, I think the best part of this is when he pulls it out and goes to read it and then turns it over <laughs> like it was upside down and then just improvises it's the so whole good. thing. It's so good. Yeah. I love that moment. Lance Hunt is his name. And uh, there's this great moment between, I didn't pull the clip because it was a little long, between them where Ben Stiller's like, Lance Hunt is Captain Amazing. Mm. And William H. Macy and, the, and I, I think um, Blue Raja, both uh, the Shoveler and Blue Raja are like, really? No, Lance Hunt has glasses. Right. Captain Amazing doesn't. And that's something that I, I've always loved about um, when people make fun of that convention. Because Superman, it, it's just like... The most ridiculous thing ever that yeah. nobody, but it came out of, you know, the 30s or whatever. Sure. And so it's, you know, we've evolved a little bit sure. since then. It is funny how, like, how defensive he gets. And he's like, no, he wouldn't be able to see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so like, good. That's Hello? so idiotic. It's yeah. Their prescription. <laughs> he could, obviously. He wouldn't be able to see. So then uh, Casanova gets out, blows up the asylum, and then Captain Amazing immediately comes to confront him, which seemingly would mean he was going to arrest him again right away. Uh, so didn't really. It's just a big PR stunt. It's very unclear what his plan was because if know. it was a PR stunt, I feel like he would have brought some cameras with him or yeah. like at least alerted <laughs> just, the authorities. But happened. he just shows up solo. <laughs> There's a lot of half-baked ideas in this. Yeah. Uh, can we play clip number four when they have a little tete-a-tete? Your first night of freedom and you blow up the asylum. Interesting choice. <laughs> I knew you couldn't change. I knew you'd know that. Oh, I know that. And I knew you'd know I'd know you knew. But I didn't. I only knew that you'd know that I knew. Did you know that? Of course. <laughs> See, just, I like the kind of ridiculous wordplay. When that stuff happens in this, when it's more subtle, ridiculous, mm -hmm. classic comedy jokes, like that moment's so funny. And, and Greg Kinnear just goes like, and you can hear, I love that you can always hear his super leathery outfit, like, in yeah. every scene he's in. <laughs> exactly. How'd you know to pull that? <laughs> I love it. Ryan killing it with the uh, sound he's bites. Like, I know they're going to say something about this suit. I'm just living here, you guys. Just, I'm just living. Nice. Just doing what I do. That's all you can do, man. Uh, and then the, uh, oh, God, Mr. Furious' boss at the junk, junk it! Yeah. Junk it! <laughs> She scares me so much. She's so mean yeah. and so frightening. Um, and and I like that his big um, standoff to her is squeezing the stress ball like, yeah, you're lucky that was here. Right. <laughs> Again, he's just like, he just has so much misplaced anger at everything, and he, he can't do anything about it. He doesn't. It. He's unable to, I would Take argue. a Tybo class. Right, yes. Go talk to Billy Blanks. Sure. You know? Get your get your Tybo on. Sure. Go to one of those, uh, like, destruction rooms. Yeah. Right, isn't there? Is that a thing? Yeah, where you could like uh, smash real? electronics and stuff. Is that like real? That. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. So from what I understand, it sounds awesome, but you get tired in like 15 oh, yeah. seconds. Oh, yeah. I could imagine. Yeah. Because like it j- just there was one time where we were like, oh, we're going to film smashing an old tube TV in slow motion because it looked cool. And it takes a lot to destroy those yeah. big ass things. And we're like, <sighs> this is why I can never be a lumberjack. Yeah. Yeah. So you couldn't go the path of Dexter then? No. Uh-uh. Spoiler alert, he ends up a lumberjack. No, don't even get to that point. Stop after season four. You're fine. <laughs> please. please. <laughs> Anyways, um, so then <laughs> there is some, there's a couple moments. Uh, we already talked about the laughing and the bloody tissue sh- shooting out, which I think is funny. And he says, when ben, another instance when Ben Stiller has a really funny joke to me is when he's like, she's like, oh, what kind of motorcycle do you drive? And he's like, uh, it's a Harley. Harley compatible. Yeah, Harley compatible. Like, such a funny joke. That's a great joke. Yeah. Those little moments are hilarious to me. They go to meet Kel, uh, the invisible boy, and he has a funny line to his mom. Where he's like, hey, mom, I'm going to my room with three strange men. Yeah. <laughs> like, that kind of stuff is hilarious. And then his big thing is he's like, I'm invisible, but only when no one's looking at me and I'm not looking in the mirror. And they're like, wait, so how do you know you're invisible if no one can see it? And so I thought the payoff to that was going to be he actually can't become invisible. Right. Because later on when he's like, nobody look at me, jumping way ahead, and there's this random beam that disintegrates you if you run and, and, it, and it spots you when Casanova's hiding in his lair. Uh, I thought it would be hilarious if he got zapped and incinerated. Yeah. Yeah, and especially like, since they'd already killed uh, Captain Amazing. Yeah, I, was I was like, like, oh, anyone can die. And then I was like, oh, wait. Oh, no, just randomly he actually is invisible. Like, he actually has this superpower right but apparently they had to like do some maneuvering with this because apparently his version of invisible makes his clothes fall off (laughs) which doesn't make any sense (laughs) because it would just be it would be like the invisible man where he's just walking with clothing right he would have to strip down yeah it would take a little more time so he's not just invisible boy he literally he disappears he just his He's no longer right. a physical presence at all. But he is able to, in his invisible state, flip this switch. Makes, none of this makes any know. sense. Just disintegrate him. It I don't know. So then we meet the spleen, and <laughs> I know you hate him. Oh, boy. But I love the spleen origin story. Can we play clip number five? Why are you guys always kissing me? It hurts my feelings. <laughs> I'm a superhero, too. I have powers. Really? Oh, like what? <laughs> so glad you asked. Oh. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Well, it all started when I was just 13 years of age. When, while walking with some friends, I accidentally cut the cheese. Well, in my adolescent awkwardness, I blamed it on an old gypsy woman who happened to pass me by. Big mistake! The gypsy woman placed a curse upon my head. Because I smelt it, she decreed I would forevermore be he who dumped it! That's so dumb. So dumb. I recognize that that's so dumb, but it made me laugh so hard. So dumb. And, but then as soon as he, like, farts and people pass out, I don't think it's funny anymore. Right. But, like, that monologue cracks me up so much. But, yeah, the actual, like trajectory aiming his farts at people. I was like, all right, that's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I would forever be he who dealt it. <laughs> I just love that. Be he who dealt it. You know, oh, uh, man. <laughs> there's a man uh, in Vegas, a uh, blackjack dealer. Yeah. And he had been there for 52 years. He was in his 80s. Wow. And he said that a long time ago, he realized his calling in life would be that he would be forever the one who dealt it. 
Be he who dealt it, right? He would forevermore. Yeah! Be he who dealt it! Yeah! We'll get, um, we'll get there. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I f- from time to time, will uh-huh. fly, right? I'll be on airplanes. <laughs> Just every once in a while. Yeah, every once in a while. Not like my person, but like yeah. I'll be in an airplane. Yep. And I like to shorten words. Mm-hmm. So if I'm like flying southwest, I'll be like flying south. Yep. Right? Um, and uh, I got, I got, I signed up for one of those credit cards, yep. the airline credit cards. Um, and I was like, oh, now that I'm signed up, now I'm going to get uh, frequent flyer miles only on Delta. So from now on, he who dealt it! I would be he who dealt it. You are he. <laughs> I was, love what, that was a stretch. I love <laughs> when I can't figure it out. And then as soon as I do, I'm just, I'm like waiting. I'm like, yep, now I know where you're going with there this. There it is. Uh, let's see. So then they, they have tryouts where they have ballerina man which is another like super in the 90s there was this whole trend of like man men that that do stuff like ballet or like the ace ventura joke were like the worst thing that could ever happen to the entire police force is they kissed a hot woman that it turns out was right. a man. It's like, so that joke made me a little Isn't there uncomfortable. Also like Con Air didn't, yeah. uh, there yeah. was a big one there. Yeah, there yeah. was a, a very effeminate character that was like, hey guys, I'm just with all the prisoners. And it's like, ooh, right. the 90s, we weren't really thinking. Uh, you know, at least we can look back and cringe now. Yeah. Because the ballerina man, I'm like, he's actually probably very skilled to... Oh, yeah. He would be useful, for <laughs> sure. more useful than most of yeah, you. Yeah, pretty flexible. But they're like... Get places. I don't know. That ballet stuff doesn't look manly to me. <laughs> I love that clearly they had a pool location, because Kel was like, it would be cool if we did this at a pool. <laughs> like, that's a literal line yeah. that he has, yeah. and then they do it at the yeah. pool. Yeah, yeah. So we and the PMS Avenger was another mm-hmm. one that's a little questionable. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, hey, I only I only work four days a month. Any problem with that? No, no. Women are goofy, right? But there's all kinds of other. Before we get to the Waffler clip, there's there's a bunch of other people that we didn't meet. Power women. There's two of them. They get in a cat fight. Uh, there's Super Vac Man, the Reverse Psychologist, Mister Pups. Waffler, ballerina man, mailman, pencil man, although he calls himself pencil head on accident, son of pencil man, little miss vengeance, squeegee man, maintainer, the artiste, big billy hillbilly, PMS Avenger, radio man, two pigs, martial artist, gorilla, evil devil woman, global man, gardener, bullfighter, stilt man, fisherman, and thirsty man. How about that? We only meet about three of those. Yeah. That's my big problem with that scene. I was like, just blow through some more. Like, I want to sure. see some more ridiculous I want to see thirsty man. I want to see. I want to know what thirsty man is. Is yeah. he just asking for a cup of water? Is it's, that his superpower? I, you can't. He's your power dehydrated. can't be a deficiency. That's a tough one, <laughs> guys. I distract everyone with how dehydrated I am. But let's do some classic Dane Cook being Dane Cook with clip number six, please. All right, state your name and power. I am the Waffler. With my griddle of justice, I bash the enemy in the head, or I burn them like so. Oh. <laughs> I also have uh, my truth syrup, which uh, is low fat, and I've been working on a theme song, kind of a waffle man. I am the waffler, golden crispy, bad guys of history. Yeah, I'm running. You know, just think about it. Do you have a health plan, by the way? Maybe dental eye. Next. <laughs> I remember I was such a huge Dane Cook fan in college. Mm-hmm. Like, Dane Cook was college comedy yes. for all of us. Yeah. For a lot of people. Not all. I can't say all of us. But for me, and I, I, I saw him in Vegas, and I thought he was so funny. 
And then there reached a point where I was like, oh, he's just like being loud. And he's just energy. He's just he, pure energy. He doesn't have a lot of jokes. He has a lot of energy. But he knows how to perform. Yeah, he's great. And I actually, years later, after everybody had been shitting on him for years and being like, Dan Cook's not funny. Dan Cook steals jokes. My wife and I went to an, a Laugh Factory show and he happened to pop by. And he did a super understated show of just like really dark stuff. And it was hilarious, and it, but it wasn't like yelly or any of that stuff. But I remember he was like the guy we all quoted in college. Like, yeah. I was washing a dish, right. I was cleaning it, and I came out, I heard it, and I came out. Like when you listen to it, he's just saying sentences, but in a goofy way. He repeats, yeah. He does but a it lot of, worked like, back then yeah, yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, he was very, his, if you go back and watch his like Comedy Central Presents or yeah. like his very early stuff, he's like extremely, extremely funny. Yeah. And, like there's a reason that he became so yeah. popular. I don't, I don't hate hate on Dane Cook. Yeah. I recognize that there was a point in my life where he was hilarious to me. Yeah. And it served a purpose then. Mm-hmm. You know? And good for him. And this was just a little snippet. There's a little, a little snippet a of little, that. Little, little, yeah. little slice so, of life. So Janine Garofalo comes in. She uh, We've said ad nauseum about the bowling ball, which is kind of ridiculous. Here, I love Janine Garofalo. I, I do, but, I do want to say, because yeah. we're, we're, uh, we're disproportionately going to spend a shorter amount of time on the second half of this movie. Yeah. So I do want to get fine, this point in. It is fine. Um, Janine Garofalo is very much part of this group, yes? Yes. At the very end, when the reporter's like, uh, this uh, group of mystery men... <laughs> And everyone's like, yep. The 90s, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all like, yep, that's us. The mystery men. <laughs> and no one is like, are you cool with that? And Janine Garofalo's like, oh, it's the 90s. Ah, whatever. I'm it's... going to grad school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, whatever. I'm not sticking around yeah. with you guys. You this guys, is not this my is thing. Not my thing. My dad yeah. and I, we finished it. We're good. I'm an independent contractor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's they go, their first gig after this is to go just rough up the limo of Casanova Frankenstein, apparently. Just vandalize their limo, and that's it. Yep. Because they've already uh, gone to the castle, got their asses whooped, and then they came back, they recruited people. Uh, so let's play clip number seven. I don't like your tone, Frankenpuss. And do yourself a favor, don't punch my clock, because I'm a Pantera's box you do not want to open. It is Pandora. Uh, please don't correct me. It sickens me. <laughs> See, that's really funny to me. Uh, please don't correct me. It sickens me. <laughs> Pantera's box. That's a good joke. Yeah. When he's trying to find words and he messes things up, that's hilarious. Yes. Like that, ev- that's why almost every sound clip is Greg Kinnear or Ben Stiller for me. Yeah, when he's trying to cover, when he's trying to be yeah. cool, when he's trying to like be be someone that people look up to, it's it's hard for him, and it's very funny. Like you said, why isn't the shoveler the leader? He seems like the most level-headed and like martial arts skilled of... I use that term very loosely. Sure. <laughs> very loosely. I should say shovel art skilled. Yeah. You know, um... He seems like the leader. I don't know how they voted Ben Stiller. Well, it seemed like Ben Stiller just took it. Like it seemed just, very important. He's to him. a baby. Yeah. yeah, he's a giant baby, and mm-hmm. he needs it. Um, so they there's this, the Sphinx comes in and saves the day after they corner him with all these guns. Like you said earlier, they, he cuts all their guns in half. Don't know how. And then there's. Um, all this, I love all the back and forth between, uh, I didn't pull any of the sound clips, I should have, but there's a lot of really fun back and forth between Janine Garofalo and Ben Stiller, where they're like, why don't you, why don't you, where they're like both kind of getting more, uh, they're trying to one-up each other, and yeah. those are those are some really funny moments. Um, the Sphinx just completely, he's like a Yoda, but like, if Yoda and L. Ron Hubbard's bullshit, like, uh, phrases that he has in his books that are like completely obvious... Which is a really random thing to mention, but years ago <laughs> yeah, that concerns me. <laughs> years ago, 
I I did I tried to do a man on the streets thing at the Scientology building uh, when they were doing a Christmas thing and there was a Santa there. And now Ben has some stuff he wants to talk to <laughs> and you about. Now I'd like to talk to you about Dianetics. No, but I sat on Santa's lap in front of the Scientology building and we were filming this comedy video and uh, and he gave me a book of L. Ron Hubbard quotations and I started looking through it and I'm like, well, yeah, all of this just is like. Like none. What? It looks like you just pulled these out of fortune cookies. Like it doesn't make any sense. Needless to say, I never posted it because I was genuinely afraid of the yeah, Church of Scientology. Sure. So uh, I'm even afraid talking about it right now. So we're going to move on and pretend this never happened. All right, that was a hypothetical. That was a hypothetical, right? Yeah, yeah, a hypothetical. All of the hypotheticals. <laughs> it was a hypothetical. So, uh, so this is one of the uh, the Sphinx's things that he said that can, is confusing. Clip number eight. He who questions training only trains himself at asking questions. What? <laughs> <laughs> Again, Ben Stiller killing yeah. it. What? What? That's half the movie. After the first half, I'm just like, whoa. The second half of the movie, I'm just like, what? What? Right. When they bring in all these weapons, there's the canned tornado, which is absurd. There's uh, the shrinker, the blame shooter, and then they ship off for their operation, uh, and and. and they, they, there's all these bizarre bad gangs there. There's the frat boys with Michael Bay doing a cameo, asking if he can bring a brewski. Yeah. I, I don't know why he's there. The goody mob is there, but they're called the not-so-goody mob. Which is... <laughs> How did that clear? How did that clear draft I, one? I don't know. Big Tobacco was there. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um, there's a skunk that randomly shows up and humps the spleen's leg yeah. for like a thirty second scene. That's, that was weird. Whenever that kind of stuff happens, I'm like, how did anyone, even on the day, think that that's where you could have trimmed out so much and made this a ninety minute tight funny movie? Not that it's not funny, but the second hour is just like, oh god, we're still doing this. Yeah. Um. They kill Captain Amazing on accident in this really funny sequence where it's like, flip the switch. He's like, which lever do I fl- I don't know. All right, I'll flip this one. And then he just gets melted. And right. it's super gross and ridiculous. Uh, they go back. They escape. They go back to the Sphinx and find out what the weapon is. Uh, no, no, sorry. To the weapons dealer guy. I forget his, what his name is. But Tom Waits. And Tom Waits describes a weapon. Ready for the psychofraculator? Clip number nine. It's a psychofraculator. Creates a, a cloud of radically fluctuating free deviant chaotrons which penetrate oh. the synaptic relays. It's concatenated with a, with, a, with a synchronous transport switch. It creates a virtual tributary. It's focused onto a biopolic reflector. And, and, and what happens is this that hallucinations become reality. And the brain is literally fried from within. <laughs> All right. Sure. Another metaphor for the second half of this movie. Sure. Yeah. Hallucinations become reality. All right. Uh, this is when the Blue Raja comes out to his mother as a superhero. Can we? Pl- this happens. They all go home, you know, because at this point in the movie, we needed to be longer. So they all go home and say their final goodbyes to everyone. Uh, and- I'm a superhero, mother. <laughs> a superhero. An defeat British superhero, to be precise. I am pilfering your tableware because I heard it. I heard it with a deadly accuracy. The Blue Raja is my name, and yes, I know, I don't wear much blue, and I speak in a British accent, but if you know your history, it really does make perfect sense. The point is, <laughs> your boys are limey folk, fling a mother hard cheese to swallow, I know, but there it is. What will the bridge cut think? What will the bridge cut think? A limey fork flinger. I wish that was his name. Limey fork flinger. Would have made more sense. 
Say that three times fast. Limey I, fork flinger. Limey, limey fork. fork. Well, like you can't yeah. do it. It's impossible. So there's this big battle. It's ridiculous. I, I don't like most of what happens here because it just gets so stupid. Like shrinking these nunchuck wearing girls' dresses. Nunchuck. They don't wear nunchucks. They're wearing dresses and flinging nunchucks around. They, Says you. They get their dresses shrunk and everybody's like, ooh. And you're like, oh, God, here we go. The goody mob gets blamed and they start fighting each other. Who cares? Anyways, there's this big battle with... Of nonsense, where basically my brain got psychofraculated at the end, sure. like Tom Waits says. And then there's a standoff where Mr. Furious finally becomes furious and starts whooping his ass. And my favorite move is when he puts his elbow up to him and just hammers his hand away. And yeah. he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to try that next time I'm going to fight, next which will time, be never. Next time you're in the booth. Um, <laughs> there's all kinds of ridiculous stuff. And then when M- Mr. Furious throws Frankenstein into the psychofraculator and he gets fraculated, mm-hmm. uh, this is his end line to him. Clip 11. Frack you later, Frankenpuss. Which would have been awesome if he didn't already say Frankenpuss Many earlier. times. It's, yeah. it's like that was... I feel like Ben Stiller had to have given them different ad-libs and they just kept those for some reason. Maybe. Frank you, Frank you later, Frankenpuss. So then the bowling ball saves the day. She throws the bowling ball. The dad's spiritual head destroys everything, and then they all become... And somehow the bowling ball comes back to her? Yeah, but it's super smoky. Yeah, but he's, he's still a living dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. All right. It blows up. At this point, we've all been psychofraculated. Sure. Hey, this movie, like I said, the first hour, I really enjoyed. The second hour, there's moments I liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to see a reboot of this, watch Kick-Ass. That's what, I, that's what I recommend. That's good advice. I'd love to know what your thoughts are uh, for um, Mystery Men. I almost forgot what this <laughs> Mystery Men. And uh, in case, you know, we could use a little help around here. If you want to comment on our YouTube page, that helps. If you want to go on iTunes and leave us a review, that helps knock us up in the rungs of the iTunes podcast world. Um, yeah, so just also tweet at us your suggestions. We love that. We're at Guilty Movie Guys, at Guilty Movie Guys. Check us out there. We love your suggestions because, let's face it, we've been doing this so long, I forget what movies are anymore. 35 so, years. 35 this years month. we've been doing it, and we've had yeah. 17 parole hearings during yeah. that. So until next time, Jesse, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Too Much Jesse and for Sketch at The Prom Losers. You can find me at The Ben Begvan Twitter and Instagram, and again, at Guilty Movie Guys. Until next time, what is your Guilty Movie plan? Pleasure. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.